Bum, 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 bum. It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipped, wrecked, and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 Hello, Smegheads. My name is Jed Shepherd, And I'm Daniela Phillips. Thanks very much for joining us once again for another episode of Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. Daniela, you don't say it with me anymore. I know. I was just thinking, should I say it? <laughs> should I say it? Say and say I was it. like, I panicked. <laughs> panicked. Oh, Lost my God. opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the next episode we can say oh, it together. No. Um, so, yeah. So, this is the second episode yes, of yeah. uh, Series 7. Series 7, the greatest Red Dwarf series, as, as you know. Uh, no, no, according to who? Quite, no. The first episode was all according right. to the crocodile yeah. in this episode. Five out of ten for the first episode. <laughs> oh my god, the crocodile! Um, but yeah, um, what have you been doing? We never mentioned it in the first episode. What have we been doing in the interim since uh, the last? I got up and had a stretch. No, <laughs> not since the last episode. Okay, since the last se- series. <laughs> since the last series. Um, what? Uh, nothing much. You've changed I've, jobs about 15 times. No, I'm no. still at the same place. Okay. Um, I've been on holiday to LA. Yeah, yeah, you have. Yeah, I went to LA for a week. Saw my friend That's who lives good. out there, which is good. Got some sun. Um, I reckon more smokeheads follow you than they do me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I ch- on Twitter... It's probably because I'm friendlier. Maybe, maybe they like they hate me, but like I see like all these like smokeheads like all comment on what you say. They never comment on what I say. Probably because you don't interact. That's true. Do you <laughs> interact you... with people? On Twitter? Yeah, I, I try to. Do. I, I post stuff and then just turn off my phone. But I, I say I don't want to hear see the answers because uh, <laughs> you're so you're too famous. Have you, are you verified? Have you got a tick? No, I, I never want to tick. No, no, no. I think that's when it you ticks, lose your ticks soul. Ticks <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm a normal person then. I'm I'm not a celebrity, so No, but I know people that are normal person and they've got got a tick for no apparent reason that they oh, just God. want to feel special. <laughs> Always like getting um, was it Julian Assange who's got like a little blue diamond on the end of his nose because they who, won't give him a tick. People who do that just need to reevaluate their lives. People who put like a, a flipping ghost or something or like Oh no, I don't mind an emoji. No, oh, I do. Just put your name. <laughs> just just stick your name on. Let's not let's not Mess around. Are here. you one of those people that like are judges people if they put caps or don't put caps in tweets? No, no. Okay. Uh, there are other people out there that do. I judge people who are like fame hungry and and feel like uh, being verified as the be on. Okay, an and, and getting tweets for the retweets. Oh my god! I think yeah, I, I think the most been retweeted like four times. It's like on Reddit <laughs> when people just say stuff just to get the, the kind of upvotes. It's just like get do something else with your life, like donate some blood or something. Don't know, eight pints while you're at it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so, anyway, so good you've been doing that. Yeah. Rant over. And I think in the, in the time that I've been away, thanks for asking, Daniela. Yeah. See, guys. Always, always interested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've just been like um, doing like film stuff. I think the last time we spoke about stuff, I was 
I think I still did Dawn of the Death stuff. Yeah, I'm still working on the feature. We've got a feature coming out sometime soonish, um, and um, about to do the festival circuit with another film called Salt. It's going to be announced in a bunch of film festivals, all the big ones, quite soon. I can't say which ones yet because Exciting. I'm not allowed. But yeah, doing all that again, and I'm directing my first film, which I'm going to be in, right? <laughs> Well, we never said that. I, I think I think so. But you're not an actress, Daniel. I am. I am. I just keep it quiet. Okay. Well, so you know, yeah, I, was, I, was, I used to go to like acting summer school when I was younger, yeah. and I was in a pantomime and some school plays. You know, yeah, the fit, the theatre was my calling until the railways beckoned. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, well, I mean, I could stick you in somewhere, I guess. I think you should set in a cinema. I, so I think can... I think you'd get more fans. Like all my Twitter followers. Would come That's true. It. They did like like it and retweet <laughs> come you. Come support me. Um, but yeah, I get to do that, which is cool. I'm obviously going to use all the same people I did on my other ones, uh, but just me as the director. It's going to be weird I'm, doing it I'm for myself. Star? No, it's basically uh, about me and my sister when we were like kids. So we've cast we've cast my sister. But having trouble casting me, having real trouble. I'll casting play me. you. No. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> so, like, uh, we've, I can say some names. Um, we've gone out to some people, but the person who we've, I think probably encapsulates me the best, even though he doesn't look anything like <laughs> me, um, is the kid who was in the Monster Calls, you know, Liam Neeson, because, like, he's a kid speaking to monsters. <laughs> I don't know why, but when you said you were going out to people and I was thinking, okay, who could I imagine playing Jed? And I don't know why, but the first person to pop into my head was Ant McPartland. (laughs) What? What the? What the hell? I think he's got some free time at the moment. I don't know why. Daniel, you're so savage this season. (laughs) That instantly popped into my head. Um, But I mean, no, I quite like him. I've met him before. Man with W.H. Smiths. You yeah. have the door open for me. Oh, like, right. Cheers, mate. Um, so there's a connection. That's a contract, isn't it? Um, no, we're going... That, it might be that kid, but um, we've... Um, <laughs> Let me think about Anne McPartland. <laughs> but it has, to, it has to be someone like 15, 16. So he's 15, 16, because it's set okay. then. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and uh, it's going to be interesting. And then we're going to turn into a feature film ASAP. Awesome. That's the deal. Um, but and, I, and, you, and I'll have a bigger role in the feature film, yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be centered around you in the feature film. Yeah. But we've got some ridiculous names attached to it, some, like, A-listers. Um, so hopefully we pull that and off. And me. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Danielle, they'll all be like, hang on, you've got Danielle with one L for lips. Like, yeah, with one L for lips. Yeah. Like, wow. Special. Anyway. Um, yeah, just follow my Twitter for updates on that stuff. But he won't reply. I, I will not reply. <laughs> I refuse to reply. No, I will reply. Don't be so. I do reply to people. I, actually, I always reply and like like them like first, and then it takes you days. I've hit to come a back. nerve here. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Come on, guys, just just tweet me, right? <laughs> so let's talk about this episode. Um, this episode is episode two of season seven of the greatest Red Dwarf series ever, and that is Stoke Me a Clipper. Which I, which I didn't really get until yeah, the end, obviously. You, you were saying to me, is it called Stake Me, Stake Me a Clip or, or Smoke Me a Clip? It's because I wrote all these notes and I was trying to read my writing and I was like, hang on a minute. But Daniela, you... What's it supposed to be? You literally have the neatest handwriting I I've ever seen. I do. Which makes me think you're an android or something <laughs> because human beings don't have writing that neat. What? This is my rough writing as well. I was writing this in bed. Why? How was your writing that neat? I know. Your teachers must have loved you. Mm. 
Yeah, I was a bit of a teacher's pet. I'm, I'm not surprised. My teachers wanted to take me home with them. Did which they? had different connotations yeah. in today's society, I think. Mean. A little bit like, what's his name? Uh, not Lenny Henry. Um, <laughs> Lenny Henry. Ainsley Harriet. Harriet. Yeah. Ainsley Harriet wanted to take you home from that car park. Yeah, for some reason. When I was nine. In. Yeah. Absolutely weird. Um, okay, so uh, Stoke Media Clipper it is episode two, and it also sees a return that just the forced, absolutely forced return of Ace Rimmer. I hate it when they just do a like a jukebox Red Dwarf episode, but they just yeah. roll out old hits. Yeah, let him let let him die. It was good in Dimension Jump, and then you brought him back again in Polymorph Two. That's that that's enough. You don't need to bring him back again. Yeah. Here we go again. Here we go again. Bring him back. Someone who shouldn't be in it anymore. We, you've ruined Ace Rimmer for everyone. I, I didn't like this episode. I'll say that now. There was only one thing I liked about it. Okay. Well, when we come on to yeah. it, just I'll highlight point, that. I'll point it out. Um, so this episode starts with Ace Rimmer again. And as soon as I saw his face, I was like, for, for the love of But at of least we've Christ. got the laughter back. And this one. This on Netflix, the laugh track was... Yeah, see, it was ne- on. What's the kind of... Why does Netflix have it on some of them and, and not have it on I others? I have no idea. It's just laziness from, from whoever like encoded it yeah. onto the Netflix platform. I don't know. Anyway, we see him in a scenario where he seems to be back in time, but it could just be another dimension because he obviously dimension jumps, where the Nazis are still kind of rife and they're still floating around and bad stuff's happening. And he's having a bit of a um, a fight with uh, his nemesis. Reg from Coronation Street. Yeah, it's Reg from Coronation <laughs> Street. Uh, Captain Voorhees, which I thought was a was a was maybe a nod to um, um, uh, Halloween. Oh, okay, oh, sorry, yeah. Fr- Friday the 13th, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, With the Voorhees in it. And um, we see him battle with with this guy, and he's like a cartoon German stereotype, which Red Dwarf is very good at doing. And um, he basically have a shootout, and the pilot gets shot, and there's a stick of dynamite involved, and he jumps out with the parachute. Seth's on a crocodile. Yeah, and then there's a crocodile situation where he, the crocodile, he has to fight and then he jumps out of the plane with the crocodile, fights him, wraps rope around his thing and I think like a 10 year old will find this funny and I think this is almost directed at kids. Yeah, I'm not, I can't really remember if I enjoyed this when I was younger or not. I mean, it was just, it was unnecessary. The whole Ace Rimmer thing is so unnecessary. Anyway, he surfs down on the crocodile, which visually, I admit, they must have, in, in the kind of like meetings beforehand, when they were like, I oh, know, this will be good, the audience will love this, they'll be surfing through the air on a crocodile, get all the laughs. And maybe it would in a radio play, but like seeing it visually, it just seemed a little bit of a joke um, and not a funny one. No. So he surfs down on, on the thing and then he gets back onto land and then they have this like very stereotypical kind of uh, Nazis versus the kind of American hotshot, well, English I.O. hotshot. Got to rescue Princess Pongella. That joke did not land at all. Like, what was the point? Pongella. The only thing that landed here was a crocodile on those guys' heads. Nothing landed here. This was so. This was terrible. Yeah. This whole first sequence, and this this is before the credits, was terrible. But what we see is uh, Ace Rimmer winning the day, fighting the Nazis, beating the Nazis, saving the princess, and then uh, going off onto his ship and saying he he needs to go somewhere and it was just like oh god this is such a drag um and then the credits yeah or the opening titles yeah the opening title credits is it called credits at the start as well it's called no, credits credits are at the end wow 
historically, okay. credit, credits were always at the start. Because um, do you remember in, in old films where yeah. all the credits would be at yeah. the start and at yeah. the end it would be like a big, the end, yeah. and then it would stop. Yeah. I used to love that. Did you? Yeah, like in old cowboy films and westerns and stuff, where it used to, where it'd just be like the final shot of like a big vista with like um, the the cowboy and, like, dun, and the girl. Dun, yeah, just some dramatic the end. music. And then it would be like Lights next up. up on Channel Five <laughs> is blah 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 blah. Why don't they do that? It would it would kill off the Marvel franchise, obviously, if you don't have end credits. But anyway, um, so so we see we're back on Red Dwarf. And we and Lister's back. No explanation. Yeah, he's back, <laughs> and he is. Uh, exo- he is very. His libido is out of control. Okay. He. Let's <laughs> uh, just say what it is. He's a, he's the last man on earth, so he, he he needs to find ways to fix this. So he convinces. Um, well, he doesn't need to convince anyone. He convinces uh, Crichton, who always helps him, to go into virtual reality, artificial reality. Yeah, yeah. And this AR machine, where's this been the entire time? They've been a red dwarf. They they have used it before. They have because they went back to the black and black and white sort of uh, in, hard boiled in crime gun, in Gunman of the Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, obviously they had all that, but the machine didn't look like this. It wasn't it wasn't a sit down kind of uh, thing. It was a stand up okay. thing. So this has changed, but again that can be that can be written off with the fact that they were that the ship was reconstructed um, it was when upgrade. Yeah, possibly maybe. upgraded, maybe. Anyway, so this. Um, uh, this thing that they, they've, they've, this game and this artificial reality game that they're in, is uh, kind of a medieval knights at the round table type thing, where Lister is a knight who is armed with a book of cheats, um, and Crichton doesn't want anything to do with this. Like, come on, sir, this is ridiculous. Um, and, I, and this is the bit that I like the cheat codes. Yeah, I would have liked this to be the whole episode. Like I'll do I'll, none of that Ace Rimmer stuff. The whole episode, them in a medieval land with a book of cheat codes. Yeah, this this that, that concept was, yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, um, and that could that that would see the episode through. So it would be basically becoming the apocalypse, but with cheat codes that work. Because remember, they couldn't use any of the cheat codes or get out of the game and come of the apocalypse. Here, they've got a book of yeah. It could have been brilliant anyway. So and the, there's a mini pony. Yes, I love mini ponies. So the aim of this game is to fight a uh, a knight who the king has installed to kind of beat any challengers, and it's kind of a duel. And the winner wins the princess, played by Sarah Alexander from like Smack the well, Pony. Well, just uh, just uh, Lister gets a princess. The other knight didn't want anything for fighting. Is that right? Yeah, and then they asked um, they asked Lister what he wanted, and he wants wanted one knight with. With Sarah queen, Alexander, yeah. yeah. Who I don't know how old she was in, but she looks she looks very nice. Um, she always looks nice. Yeah, yeah. She as well, anyway. Um, because um, uh, Rob, I think it was Rob Grant or Doug Nader, one of them. They she starred in another series they tried to do, like when there was a bit of a hiatus in Red Dwarf. They tried to do another sci-fi show. Oh, okay. Remember that was called, no. and then she was in it, and it was absolutely awful. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the uh, Lister volunteers to fight this knight um, in this duel, and obviously he has a cheat code, and the cheat code uh, he uses makes the knight's uh, steed turn into a little mini, mini pony. pony. 
which means that Lister can throw away his lance and just uses a sword and chops off his head, and therefore he wins a knight with uh, the, the queen, pr- with the queen or the prince or whoever the girl is who's played by Sarah Alexander. And the king's like, "Oh, that's fine." He's like, "Don't you? You'll get no further with her because um, blah blah blah." He has the key, which to the chastity belt. Yeah, but Lister has the cheat code, which is chastity. You think you'd figure that out? And the the lock around her nether regions just falls down falls down to the ground do you think that ever happened do you think i know chastity belts were real yeah but do you think that was i thought that was more like like i don't know made up like no. it wasn't actually used very well no i think it was yeah it's like a torture implement yeah they liked those back in those days why would you agree to kind of i, didn't I don't have a think choice. you would agree to it <laughs> i don't think women had many rights in those days i guess not um, Especially unwed ones. Yeah, I guess. I guess if he has the key, then he just unlocks it when he wants to kind of get his way. Um, but yeah, that kind of drops down and uh, he go into a hastily put up tent by Crichton and uh, Lister gets busy. Um, but um, while he's getting busy with this, uh, with this uh, queen and while the king looks on in absolute astonishment uh they are disturbed by a problem on the actual red dwarf in reality where a ship is coming into view and we know this ship is to be a swimmer but before we talk about that um have you ever played artificial reality virtual reality games no never, You've never done any of oh that? yes no i ha- well yes i have what? i have very recently Pokemon Go. No. Okay. Um, so a few months ago, I think it was back in March, they did a thing called Somni. What's that? In London. Somni? Somni, yeah. Okay. So it was this interactive thing. So we were all given virtual reality. You go around in a group, so there were six of us. Thanks for the invite. Well, I had I had my six. Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh and then God. you you put these headsets on, and they lead you into different rooms, and it was it was incredible. So, well, so some what uh, some like so one point that you have to kneel on these swings, and then they, the VR makes you think that like, you're flying, and then suddenly they drop the swing, so you feel like you're. You know, wow. It's really mental. And there was this bit where we we're in the tropical rainforest, and you had to sort of walk across this rickety bridge, and it was so lifelike. The woman that was in the room had to help me over it because I could. I was too scared to walk over <laughs> it. It was really intense. So where was that? That was in uh, Brown uh, Clerkenwell. But oh, yeah, okay. there was a point so you took the headset off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, you, you were going into rooms trying to fight. It was quite creepy. And, yeah, the, yeah, and then yeah. at the end, you get into hospital beds and you put, they put the VR on you and they start burying you alive. That's so And then cool. they drop this bean bag on your chest to simulate like the earth. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was really well done. That's really so well done. So I, I've done a couple of similar things. The first one I did was um, uh, the VR Walking Dead experience. Okay. Where you start off and you're on a beach, like it look around it looks like you're on the beach yeah. you're like wow this is cool and then all of a sudden over the horizon you see like a horde of zombies coming towards you mm. and you're like okay right what what, what can I do oh they've got me surrounded the only thing they can do is go, go into the sea so you literally back off into the sea and the zombies come into the water as well and you're just like oh no and then they just get you <gasps> like great thank you but then that's not only it you take off the VR thing and you're in this booth and there in front of you is a zombie that sounds like the um, Darren Brown ride at Fort Park, which oh, I've not done, which is, is that, that that's VR. Should we go to Fort Park? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, okay. Um, and then the other one I did was the best thing ever, and it, it's in, um, in Westfield. It was in Westfield, Stratford. No, it was not Westfield, Shepherd's Bush, but now it's in Stratford, or the other way around. But it's the Star Wars one. 
okay. called Shadow of the Empire. Oh my God, Daniela. It is the most amazing thing ever. Because I went with my Martin, who I did Canta- yeah. Cantina with. Um, it's, it's the two-year anniversary right now. Um, so he was like, I'm not going to tell you a single thing about it, because he runs a Star Wars website, so he, he's done it a million times. Um, he said, just, just come with me. So I went with him. You put on this harness. I was like, what's this harness for? You put on the helmet, um, and you're, you're basically... It feels like you're kind of completely covered in things. So I was like, right, okay, this is a bit constrictive. Then once they switch on the helmet, you realise you're a stormtrooper and you're in a stormtrooper costume. Oh, cool. And I'm looking across at Martin and he's in a stormtrooper costume too. And I look down, you're a stormtrooper. I look around, I'm in a spaceship and it's the most realistic thing ever. Yeah. It feels... Amazing. And not only that, there's these robots going past and you touch a robot and they're there. They're really there. Yeah. They're not like... Anyway... So I was like, okay, this is cool. And then the door opens and you go outside and you're, you're, there's lava and the heat, you can feel the lava heat on your front. Yeah. And then you go, you go over a rickety bridge again and then you'll fight, you'll, you, you find a gun and you pick up things and you're shooting aliens and then Darth Vader turns up and, you're, and it, it is the most scary thing when Darth Vader's coming towards you and you're just like, this That sounds really cool. And I'm not like a massive Star Wars fan. It is the most amazing thing ever. It's really quick, but um, it made me believe in like VR as the future, yeah. AR as the future. Um but they'd be great if there's a Red Dwarf one where you could be on, like, call, call it better than life if you want, but just do it with yeah. the Red Dwarf crew. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be so cool. Anyway, so um, they, they get disturbed while they're doing their AR thing, and they are disturbed by the fact that um, Ace from the ship's turned up. Um, he gets on board, and he's like, hey, everyone, um, Rimmer, can I talk to you for a second? Rimmer's like, oh, God, this guy. Like, I don't want to talk to him. It's pointless. Hate him. And they're like, oh, no, go on. Talk to him. He seems like he wants to talk to you about something. And so he goes, uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. And they talk to each other. And I quite like the scenes between Ace Rimmer and, and, and R Rimmer. <laughs> Um, I made a note on this one. So there's a scene where Rimmer is like frustrated because obviously you just said he doesn't like Ace Rim. He's like banging his head on the like the the, the control desk, yeah, and I'm yeah. like Rimmer banging head on control desk is us all. By <laughs> <laughs> watching series seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ace Rimmer's back. We're all banging our head on control board. No. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure there are people out there that love Series 7. Guys, if you like Series 7, please let us know on Twitter um, and tell us why. And we'll mention it in an episode. Um, so we've got uh, Rimmer speaking to Ace Rimmer. And Ace Rimmer has a revelation. And what's that revelation, Daniela? That he's dying. He is dying. Uh, he reveals that he's been he's been injured in one of his many fights. And, uh, his light beam is e- leaking. Yeah, and this is this green kind of radiation, similar to the radiation from stasis leak, remember? Mm, yeah. Um, so it was like, Rimsy, like, Arnold, this is, this is bad, I'm going to die. And Rimmer gets concerned that for the first time you see he's actually concerned about Ace Rimmer. And he's like, right, okay. And Ace Rimmer explains he isn't the first Ace Rimmer. He's not going to be the last. He wants our Arnold Rimmer to take over. And Rimmer's like, absolutely not. Um, I'm a coward. I can't do that. I can't do this. Um, Rimmer tries to convince... Um, Ace Rimmer tries to convince him, but he's not He's not really having it. So Ace Rimmer tells, tells Lister the situation. And he says, Lister, like, if there's anything you can do, then please do it. And I, ab- I absolutely love this. And like I say, I hate this episode... The stuff between Lister and Rimmer in this. So they're going through magic carpets through the mountains. <laughs> yeah, but before that, before that, we've got um, Lister going back into the into the onto the control deck where, where Rimmer's there, and he's like, oh, 
he's laughing he's like what are you laughing about tell us share the joke and this guy's like oh Ace has just told me that he wants you to be the next Ace Rimmer oh yeah so the, the sort of mind reverse it, psychology psychology yeah. yeah and it's like so it's like yeah like I told him that you'd be the worst you're, like you're a snivelling weasel you'd never be able to do that and he's like well actually I've accepted and we start training now and then like lists the smiles because he knows he's got yeah. to him. and it's brilliant because like it shows like Lister really cares about Rimmer and the stuff between Lister and Rimmer when it's just them two by themselves is the best Red Dwarf stuff yeah better yeah. than any explosions it's like classic Red Dwarf yeah. isn't it that's why but Marooned yeah. Marooned and Thanks for the Memory are the two best episodes to me I love that when it's just them two anyway so Rimmer starts his training and like you say it, they do that kind of mystical kind of uh, almost kind of Star Wars Padawan kind of training where they're kind of floating and and speaking to each other and finding their essence and the essence of, of Ace Rimmer and um, Rimmer starts learning Rimmer starts learning to, to kind of be who he was meant to be and the way they do that is a um, um, a figure a knight escapes from the AR machine yep. and fights Rimmer and Rimmer being the coward he is first first of all he backs off but then he sees a, a gun picks it up doesn't hesitate blam kills him and then he's so excited he runs to, to Ace Rimmer and says like, I did it I did it I, I do I am not a coward I can, I can do this yeah and Ace is like I knew you had it in you I knew you had it in you and then we see he cuts back to the night he gets up off the floor he takes the blank out of the gun and puts the live round in and you realise the whole time it was it was um, Lister yeah. very touching yeah. very touching I yeah. really really yeah. like that stuff yeah. um, that wasn't bad but yeah if they just <laughs> do you know what if they just cut out the Ace Rimmer stuff at the start <laughs> just cut out Ace Rimmer just, like, if, if, just have him turn up just have him turn up and die in that, that's all you need you don't need that kind of stupid thing at the start this would be this would be a really yeah, good episode and yeah, the more actually, I'm talking yeah. about it the more I love it yeah no I wouldn't say love but I'm, I'm <laughs> with you on the fact that if they just got rid of the bit at the beginning which wasn't necessary at all it would Definitely. have been a lot stronger episode yeah completely agree um so like now Rimmer is like yeah i can i can i can do this um but then um ace Rimmer finally dies now he kind of knows he can pass on his his kind of spirit to to the new um Rimmer then but then the rest of the then cat and crying come in and cat hadn't done anything the entire episode yeah. they come in and like what's happened and lister who's in on the joke knows says oh um someone has escaped from the ar machine and killed Rimmer. Um, isn't that right ace and remember yeah. as ace goes yeah yeah that's true and then there's this nice bit where just before they say goodbye um this with, is... with rachel the blurp doll yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is creepy as hell i know but do you think guys have blow-up dolls you're asking me i don't know don't know they have real dolls now right <laughs> like <laughs> they have... but they have um they have this, another nice scene where lister says um I was told by Ace like if you're ever kind of thinking of, of not doing this then like, um, just follow the light bee because they have a, a burial for for Rimmer yeah. which is really Ace Rimmer yeah. and the light bee has a kind of a detector on it that goes and a beacon sorry which finds its natural home and uh, Red Dwarf kind of kind of follows it um, and then you kind of like figure out that uh, there's been millions upon millions yeah, of, of ace rimmers yeah. because the light bees form a ring around a, this kind of planetoid which is which is, i think it's a really nice touch yeah i like yeah, um, i didn't like mine and I, what and my actually favorite bit of this episode is where rimmer is saying goodbye um and actually not not the first time we say goodbye to the crew because remember in hollow ship when he's saying bye to the crew and he's, yeah i've come to know you as 
people I've met. It was a great line. And in, in this, he's, he seems really, it's really more touching where he's like, oh, see you grind, see you cat. And then he gets to, to Lister and he's like, see you later, Davy, Davy boy. I thought, oh, that's so nice. Call him Davy boy. And the kind of the two of them together. I'm like, oh, God. There's a more of an understanding, yeah. I think, during this episode. And it's just really, really touching. And it, and it shows like these two guys actually like, really like each other. And even though they've been basically enemies on board, like, keep your enemies close and your friends and your, your friends close and your enemies closer they've been both at all times and now the fact that list is losing the person that's kept insane for like seven seasons it's it's really a real big deal yeah and again the reason why chris barry wants to be written out of uh, red dwarf was because he was doing his own things he'd become famous in his own right um so he didn't really need red dwarf anymore and he felt like the character wasn't going anywhere so they committed him to four episodes so he comes back it briefly in a couple more episodes but this is him this is him leaving leaving red dwarf and very sad yeah but he still hasn't he still hasn't quite got down the ace from a kind of mannerisms yet no. so he, he's like uh, instead of saying smoke me a clip i'll be back for breakfast he says stoke me a clipper i'll be back for christmas um and then he presses the eject and it kind of yes. flies out which is quite funny um but yeah, and then he kind of just um, flies off and it just kind of d- disappears and then, then the credits. Yeah, and I, I didn't really remember much of this series and I kind of thought, huh, how are they <laughs> going to bring him back here? Because you know I, he comes I, back. But yeah. then I thought of previous episodes. I was like, oh, it'll just be in the next episode and I just won't explain it. Yeah, there was, there was, yeah, yeah, exactly. And also don't forget, that, like these episodes are probably recorded out of sequence as well. So Yes, which I'm going to come on to at another episode. Oh, good, okay. Yes. Um, yeah, because this episode is is technically a se- it's not a sequel to uh, Poly- Polymorph Two Emo Hawk because that wasn't the real Ace Rimmer. The real Ace Rimmer, the only time we've seen him was in Dimension Jump. So this is more a sequel to Dimension Jump than right. it is to Polymorph okay. Two. Um, yeah, in general, talking about it, I actually like the yeah, episode. Yeah, I've come around to it as well. I didn't like this episode going into it, but I think after what you said about if you just got rid of the beginning, I liked it more. Yeah, and don't forget that, um, I mean, Rimmer always had this heroism deep down in him because we saw him at the end of season six doing one of the most heroic things any of this crew's ever done by shooting that time drive, essentially killing himself, sacrificing himself in order to save his whole crew and humanity as we know it um so he does have it in him so becoming the next ace rimmer was is a good kind of uh progression i guess of the character um yeah and i think um as a whole now we've said it out loud i've enjoyed this episode maybe even more than than uh tika to ride really yeah i'm talking about it which is quite interesting um i don't think there's an episode um that's been previous to this where i've enjoyed um well, well first of all that i've seen cat lesson but that i've enjoyed rimmer and lister together interacting in. i think because yeah. this is like a final kind of farewell to, to this version of of rimmer because the, the every rimmer we see from now on is actually a different version of rimmer which, which i'll come on to okay um we, we it's, it's kind of like it's kind of a real sad point for the kind of history of Red Dwarf because this is the final time we ever see our Rimmer going off to to, to better kind of pastures new. Um, it's sad, but yeah. yeah, I'm actually really glad that we revisited this because I wouldn't have have thought this would no, be a good episode. And I wonder otherwise. if any like other people who if watch they watch the uh, episode before listening to a podcast. I wonder if they've changed their mind about it as well. 
I think history hasn't been kind to the to the first bit with Adrian. Yeah, Mann. it's terrible. Um, but the rest of it, it's just it's good writing. Yeah, I think. So if you're listening to this before watching this, just skip the first bit yeah, and then watch it from the titles. From the titles yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, one of the actors. In the last episode, we had um, Michael Shannon as JFK. They pulled it out of the bag game for this episode because um, the medieval king, who Sarah Alexander was married to apparently, was Brian Cox actor brian cox no way i didn't yeah. recognize him either brian that's cox. mental how are they getting these how are they getting these people <laughs> nailing it absolutely they're casting agent i know this series my god and this was when it was on the bbc but they didn't have much money like it's crazy. maybe he must have been a fan because maybe. he was famous even back brian then cox was, yeah. yeah yeah and you've got sarah alexander as well um you've got ken morley who is from from emmerdale of course coronation street yeah but then you've also got another um star from from a british tv show can you can you think of who it is can you think no. so think of a british tv show that's kind of period based that was on for about 20 years um can you think Oh gosh! Period. The theme song goes. No. Hello, 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 hello. Oh. Yeah, you've got. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's got one of the guys from Hello, Hello playing the exact same. One of the guys from Hello, Hello, Hello. Yeah. Oh yeah, standout role. General, what's his name? He's like a German in that. Is playing the same, almost the same character, and there's like a German kind of shouty going. No, I didn't clock that. Yeah, so you've got Brian Cox and you've got the guy from LOLA. Pretty good. Um, yeah, so that stoked me a clipper. Yeah. And in my mind, before watching this, I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this. But do you know what? I enjoyed it now. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fair. I, I think I enjoyed it more than nah, than I thought. Yeah. Thinking back over it. And the thing is, like, we've got so six episodes left. I'm I'm sceptical whether the next six episodes are as good as these two. Oh, I don't know. We've got we've got a couple of bad ones coming up, but then I think a couple of okay ones. Okay, again. good. Yeah. And the thing is, like, when, when I'm watching it by myself and like taking notes and like paying attention, sometimes I, I can kind of get swept up in my own little bubble of like, oh god, this isn't as good as previous seasons. But saying it out loud, it makes me yeah. think, oh, actually, that was good. Yeah. It's good talking it through with somebody. Yeah, it is. Good to have friends. It is, yeah. <laughs> oh, friends are good. Um, friends. <laughs> so, okay, I guess that's the end of this episode. Anything more you want to say about this episode? No, I just, I loved Mini Pony. Can I have more history on the Mini Pony? Yeah, there needs to be a spin-off. <laughs> what, what's happened next, that Mini Pony? It's in a, it's it probably, goes on adventures. It's probably in another d- dimension, though, so it's probably not in the same dimension as the Red Dwarf crew. But yeah, very cool. So uh, that's it for this episode. If you have any questions or any things you, that we missed, which is probably most of it, let us know on social networks. Let us know on Twitter. You can find Daniela at... Daniela with one L Phillips. And you can find me at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Say nice things. Sometimes when people mess us... Or send him a dick pic. He don't, wants don't, one. <laughs> no dick pics, please. He's jealous of mine. Absolutely. I'm not jealous of your dick pics at all. <laughs> um, so, so people sometimes, when they talk about Smokehead, sometimes they only CC me. And have you noticed? Sometimes they just at me and talk about it. And I always at you into to my reply because I'm like, Daniela's here as well, you know. But then sometimes <laughs> I'm like, um, I see someone talking to you on Twitter and I'm like, hang on, they're talking about Smokeheads and they haven't CC'd me in. Like, that's a bit weird. CC us both in, right? Or do you? Or do you just? Want, <laughs> I don't really have a strong opinion, Jed. Do you just want one-on-one conversations with like Smokeheads fans? 
I it's I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion. If someone messages me, I reply to them. I don't think about the admin. Your your, <laughs> your first thought should be why isn't Jed in on, on this conversation? <laughs> obviously, <too>? obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- thanks you for listening. Maybe I don't feel comfortable talking to you. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you bullied on. them. Maybe you blocked them. I come across all right on this podcast, don't I? People like me. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys let, let me know i'm the relatable i'm the down to you're earth kidding one. me people say i banter is like top quality people like me right okay guys enough I'm of that i to give jed a hug and reassure him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> screw you guys screw you guys okay i'll see you guys next week uh see you later smokeheads bye bye